In the Shadows, a new podcast by Izzy Steinmeier and Isla Campbell. Each week, we investigate the lives of the hidden women of history. Join us as we uncover their stories. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the latest instalment of our podcast, In the Shadows, where each week we aim to give voices to the hidden figures of history. Hi, I'm Izzy. And I'm Isla. So in today's episode, Izzy will be talking to us about her recent research into the role of women in the French Revolution. Yeah, so I will be focusing on to what extent the revolutionary ideals of liberty, egality and fraternity advanced the status of women in 18th century Paris. So I really hope you enjoy learning about this subject as much as I did. So, Izzy... You touched upon these uh, revolutionary values of liberty, egality and fraternity. So can you just give us a bit of background into how this motto became so famous? Yeah, well, contrary to popular belief, the phrase was originally coined by Archbishop Francois Fenelon in the late 17th century. And of course, it was eventually popularised by Robespierre, the leader of the new French government and the architect of the brutal terror in the 18th century, where it really became the slogan of revolutionary France. So dealing with kind of each concept individually, um, and I think this is the way in which you conducted your research, can you tell us how these French women adopted um, the value of liberty? Yeah, so firstly, I chose to examine the Salon of Germaine de Stael. And this was an example of how women adhered to this concept of liberty. So her salon was an incubator for libertarian ideas, frequented by the most prominent members of the National Assembly. And de Stael's proximity to such important political discussions illustrates how women harnessed their newfound liberty to have elevate their status. Um, so clearly de Stael was a very influential figure in the revolution. She really capitalised on this new Enlightenment motto to gain her own personal freedoms. But did her kind of individual politicism, did it change the role of all French women in society? Well, no, not at all. In fact, if anything, she hindered women's progress. So as the pompous and selfish daughter of revolutionary politician Necker, de Stael believed herself the only woman educated enough to engage in these political, political discussions. So she adhered um, to Rousseau's beliefs on the domestic and passive role of women. Um, moreover, her extravagant dress and immense self-indulgence meant that she was often associated with the ancient regime and was viewed as an unreliable proponent of the revolution. Interesting. So she said you can kind of say that she did more damage in the end. Um, and continuing under this banner of liberty, were there any other women that had more success in, advantage, in advancing the status of women? Well, the very symbol of enlightenment liberty was Marianne, whose bust became an allegory for La Patrie, which um, the revolutionaries were fighting for. That's really interesting. So actually, the kind of intrinsic concept of liberty was a female figurehead. Yes, however, in 18th century France, there existed a paradox. So although women were relied on to inspire liberty in the public and to rouse them to arms, the government denied women the vote. 
So again, it kind of seems that women espoused the revolutionary concept of liberty, but they didn't really manage to gain other rights or freedoms. Okay, so on to egality. Um, can you tell us how women adopted this value and whether they were more successful in this factor in elevating their status? So concerning egality, Manon Rowland, who was the wife of National Assembly member Jean-Marie Rowland, was hugely influential in the French government. As her husband's speechwriter and renowned salonier, she hosted her husband's esteemed colleagues at weekly dinners. And within these spheres, Rowland was able to capitalise on this new standard of egality and to disseminate her own revolutionary views. So was there anything that made um, her a particularly significant proponent of egality? Well, Rowland was imprisoned and ultimately executed for not allying sufficiently with the National Assembly's brand of revolutionism. So this really illustrates the growing equality of French society, as she received the same sentence as her male compatriots. And even though this isn't necessarily kind of positive outcome for her, it does show this new egality in French society. Yeah, and it kind of seems that she was successful in advancing the status of Parisian women in revolutionary France. Yes, but again, Roland also subscribed to Rousseau's beliefs on the importance of barring women from the political sphere. And her political prominence was really only via her husband. So she did not harness egality really to gain equal rights. So the women we've discussed so far have been fairly moderate and they all kind of were still firm in the belief that women predominantly did belong in a domestic setting rather than a political one. So were there any more radical women who adopted the ideal of egality? Yeah, so Olympe de Juge authored the, I'm sorry if I put to the French, um, Declaration des droits de la femme et de la citoyenne, um, in which she declared women is born free and lives equal to man in her rights. So this is a really truly radical perspective on gender equality. So surely she achieved more equality between the sexes. Well, frustratingly, Gugouge's efforts to extol the Enlightenment ideal of egality were undermined by her confused and sort of sweeping declarations and also her reputation at the time as a tainted woman. So finally, we come to fraternity. How did women adhere to this concept and did they finally achieve more gender parity? Well, with regard to fraternity, the women who partook in the October 1789 March on Versailles really encapsulated this idea of patriotic brotherhood. So the crowd of 6,000 women forced Louis XVI to return to Paris and to sign the Declaration of the Rights of Man and the Citizen. So these women's adoption of fraternity was actually instrumental in shaping the new France. Yes, but women were not viewed as the active citizens who earned rights under the new constitution, meaning they were excluded from the freedoms that they fought for, a real injustice. Mm. And in terms of events such as the storming of Bastille in July 1789, um, which was a clear indicator of French fraternity during the revolution, as kind of the population united to fight against the ancient regime. Um, so did women play a part in this? Certainly. So during the storming of the Bastille, women roused their brothers and husbands to ransack this symbol of tyranny, while also supplying them with food and drink. However, we can assume that women played a more passive role. 
as um, Maliar's record of 662 aggressors lists only one woman's name, and the storming of the Bastille played no part in the emancipation of women overall. So, we can gather that the main takeaway from your research was that while women did adopt the Enlightenment ideals of liberté, égalité and fraternité, they didn't really harness these values sufficiently to improve their status in society. Exactly. And can you give us any reasons for why this might be? Well, the supposedly egalitarian and libertarian French government were unwilling to include women in the construction of the new France. They were consistently denied the vote. And so the misogynistic climate of 18th century France certainly played a role. However, the infighting between the Parisian women also sabotaged their progress greatly. So what do you mean by this infighting? Well, women in 18th century Paris adhered to the slogan of liberty, egality and fraternity with really varying degrees of radicalism. So we talked about Olympe de Juge and the revolutionary club um, Société des Républicains Révolutionnaires, who were radical in their fights for equality, with the society even advocating for women's right to bear arms and enforcing the adoption of the cockade. Such radicalism, though, was absolutely despised by the Poissard women of the Third Estate. Um, so these were just the kind of average fisherwomen of Paris, who, although united in their support of the revolution, were not ready for such great changes to their status in society and feared conscription to war with Austria. Mm, so it's clear that these divisions must have hindered the advancement of women's rights, as Without a united front and shared aims and a shared vision, it's really difficult to achieve success and make changes. Absolutely. So I think this draws us to our final question. Why have the revolutionary contributions of women been erased from history? Well, I think firstly, the androcentrism of historians has meant that women's revolutionary involvement has been eradicated. And this paired with the limited documentation means that French women have fallen into the shadows. And I mean, during my research, I was almost forced to solely assess the efforts of Parisian women due to a striking paucity of sources concerning the role of women in rural France. Mm. Um, so thank you so much for sharing your research with us, Izzy. My pleasure. And join us next time where we will uncover and explore the life of another hidden figure in an attempt to bring them out the shadows.